0: You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. To start my message today, I want to look at the nativity. I want to look at what does the nativity mean for us. This is the old nativity that we used to have in the foyer uh, years and years ago. You know it's old because the paper that I was using to unwrapping was from the 20th century, well, the year 2000 uh, and stuff. So yeah, Alpha News in the year 2000 was what the paper we used to wrap in the different ornaments. But just kind of zoning our way in and getting us focused, please watch the screen. So, we commissioned that last year for last year's um, Christmas uh, special. Um, and it just, I wanted it to be our focus today of when it comes to the Christmas. Our, uh, is Christmas losing its meaning? Do, how do we focus ourselves back into the narrative of the Christmas story and the Nativity? Because I don't know about you, but I think I've known the Christmas story for quite a few years it's like every every year it comes out again you know as uh, as a dad um with kids in primary schools it's amazing how they managed to get the nativity story into a play from so many different angles you know one year I saw it from from the point of view of one of the wise men's camels or uh, or or things like that I remember uh, being at school and being in nativity and I was an ox it was brilliant didn 't have to say anything I just have to sit there the entire time, just sit at the back on the stage and just stand there. It was brilliant. I, I, I loved it, but, but what, is it, what is it about the nativity story that we know so well? Is it because it 's repetitive it 's because we know it every single year? Like if I was to just throw a microphone at somebody and say, "Tell me the nativity story," you 'd be able to tell me the facts, the people, the order that it happened. But what if there was something deeper? for why we know the nativity story. What if there is something deeper? What if the figures of the nativity tale or the nativity story uh, spark unique qualities in our own hearts? What if the figures, the characters around the manger resonate something between us and them? That's where I want to look today. That's where I want to focus ourselves today, is looking at just some of the characters of the story and how do they apply to us in 2023. Is that okay? Cool. Let me pray and we'll go into it. God, I pray now that you open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord God, to what you want to say, to what you want to do, Lord God. We thank you for this season that we're in. And Lord God, we want to just remember the reason for it all because because it is you. You sending down your son, Lord God, to bring about your Complete redemption for us all, Lord Jesus. So we pray, Lord God, we'll remind ourselves of that today. So open our hearts and our minds to what you want to say. Amen. 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 So, yeah, let's consider some different figures of the story and how they can apply to us. Because if you read it, they were just ordinary people that were thrown into some quite extraordinary circumstances. And their responses reveal actually and shed light on to maybe how we live or how we react when it comes to life. And the way I want to do this today is I want to look at some of the characters from looking at the stable, but more from the outside in. Looking at some of these characters from these people, but more kind of like as we get closer and closer to Jesus, how do they apply to us? And the first person I want to look at the story today is, if I can find him, is King Herod. Here he is. It's actually a wise man, but just for going for the purpose of the preach and stuff. He's Herod. Um, With Herod, I had to glue his head back on on Friday, uh, just so you know. But Herod, when it comes to the nativity story, he's like the pantomime villain. If he was to rock up on stage now, you'd be booing, and exactly, you'd be booing, you'd be hissing, and that. So he's the he's the character of the uh, of the nativity. That when it looks at my own heart, when I look at myself, he's the character that doesn't want another king. He's a king that doesn't want another king. He is, if this is the manger, Herod is, let's see, he's over here. He's so far from the stable, it's unbelievable. He is the part of me that says, I don't need anyone else to control my life he's like can you imagine he's the king the wise men come to him and he's like we the wise men are like we've come to worship the king and he's like I am the king and they were like no no we have come to worship the newborn king the baby king can you imagine what Herod then goes through he's like what I'm the king and then he starts kind of like doing what he can to to kind of control the situation And to me, this is the part of me that uh, when it comes to the need for control or that need to make everything perfect, the need that when life seems to go in pear-shaped, try and do it myself. But with Herod, it comes from a place of fear as well, a fear of, of not being in control anymore, the fear of not having it together. If you imagine if you were King Herod, how would you react? He's thinking, another king? Am I not good enough? What does that king that I don't? How do I prepare for this new king? Do I need to go into battle? Do I, do I need to fight? How do I keep control? In my own heart, and maybe our own today, there is this battle inside, this conflict inside of, of, of trusting God, but then wanting to keep control. Trusting God and, and control. And that fear for Herod, it's rooted in pride. Aiming to show that he can be sufficient without the need of anyone else. Maybe if that's the same for us, that we want to appear that we can be sufficient without the need of God in our life. Herod is the part of us that will defend our own kingdom, defend our own way, no matter the cost. Matthew 2, chapter 2 says this. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So he tries to take control. He tries to control the situation and to stop the situation and to stop it dead. But we know, we know ultimately that in the nativity story, that Jesus is born, and Mary and Joseph and Jesus flee to Egypt before Heron. Heron Herod can have his his way. Herod tries to take control of the situation. This need of this need for control overlooks overlooks our heart that longs to worship God, the God who made us, opting to maybe for alternative sources. To fulfill our lives instead of recognizing that God has it best. God knows what's best for us. You know, when life seems to throw curveballs, I'm like, "Why well, I reckon if I do it this, 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 and this, this will be the outcome. Rather than going, okay, this has all gone wrong. I'm just going to take a moment and allow God into the situation. Why didn't Herod do that? Herod, he could just be like, right, what is going on? It's the part of us that wants control wants everything to be perfect. So my challenge today when it comes to maybe Herod Herod in our lives is this. Let's just stop for a moment. And maybe we need today, we need to kind of lay down our throne, lay down our crown, lay down what we see as control at the birthplace of Jesus today. So we have King Herod. Next in the story, I want to look at, we have the wise men. What I got back here? Yeah, we've got a wise man. Only one at the moment, just because some are broke in transit. Um, and that, so we've got one wise man. Wise men. Wise man, king, magi, however you want to call them. Now, the wise man for me, in the Gospels and in tradition, for me, they, they invoke a sense of adventure, They evoke an extensive of faith that says, you know, I'm going to trust God for this. And we find them in the nativity story. You know, they symbolize for me a heart that understands that I'm meant for something greater and craves an adventure journeying to uncover it. These wise men, if you think about it, they were strangers from a far off unnamed place. It says that in the Bible, they were not content until they had followed their deepest longings to find the infant king, Jesus. Matthew 2 again says, as Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We see his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And as we know, when King Herod heard this, he was very he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. How far beyond themselves must they have gone? How far beyond their own country, beyond their own culture, possibly beyond their own religion to follow a star, to trust day in and day out, day in and day night to follow a star to get them to this point? If, if I was the wise man... I don't know how if I would react if I got to there and realized I've traveled all this way to a stable. I've traveled to a baby. Am I? Oh, is this it? Is there more? But they trusted God. They trusted in the process. You know, uh, Holman's Bible Dictionary proposes that the Magi could have come from Persia. They could have either come from Babylon or the Arabian Desert. So if it was, then the Magi from Persia, which is now modern-day Iran, would have possibly possibly been 1,400-plus miles to get to uh, Bethlehem. If it was the Babylon or Mesopotamia, 600-plus, and similar for the Arabian Desert. I like walking. I don't know if I've got what it takes to do 1,400 miles to get to this Point, it just conjures up, and because I, because of the way that I think was because it was a star, because they only see it at night, could they see the star during the day? That means were they only walking at night and resting through the day? Um, and if they were at night, it was scary at night, things would come out and attack them at night, you know, all these different things. But it doesn't matter with every step they took, whether they were riding on a camel, or if they were walking, or in the case of Evie's advent calendar, or riding an elephant uh, and stuff, they, they're every step, every minute minute, every moment was an adventure into the unknown of faith that said, no matter what, we're going to trust. We're going to follow this star to wherever it goes. There was steadfast faith when going no matter what. Something in them was stirring when the star saw the star and they could not ignore it. How often do we feel an awakening in our heart, feel like something is happening? Maybe it's in services, maybe it's during worship, and we feel our heart beating faster because something in us wants more. John 10.10 says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. We know we're made for more than we have. That's what we keep searching for. That's what we keep longing for. That's why this sense of adventure, maybe you feel like the wise men today, there is more in us. There is more in your life. There is more adventure to come. So for me, the wise men speaks of desire. Speaks of desire, desire for the unknown. C.S. Lewis said this in his book, Mere Christianity. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Incredible. When there's something just wasn't excessive, uh, not get satisfied in this time and place and world, we're born for something greater. Where well, we are all born for more. The wise men understood this. It was, it was within ourselves or in ourselves this this desire for more desire for searching answering the questions of what is that star where does it go to maybe you feel like the wise men today following the star trusting in God, faith in Jesus wherever it takes you and faith that says God I'm just going to trust so if Herod, where's he gone, if Herod is power, the wise men is desire next we find Shepherds. I realize this is quite small, people at the back. <laughs> there is something there, don't worry. Just imagine that's how God sees the nativity up from heaven. And if you believe that, we'll get some one-to-one one theology for you um, with Pastor David. But we get the why, we get, we're going to go now to the shepherds. Let's have a look at the shepherds for a moment. Luke 2 says this, in the countryside uh, by... In the countryside, close by there by what close by, there were yeah thank you, shepherds who lived in the fields and took it took it in turns to watch their flocks during the night. most likely, these shepherds were poor, slaves to whatever work they could find. They lived in a land occupied by brutal and hostile conquerors. Their beliefs and customs were being were barely tolerated. They were downtrodden people, familiar with violence, injury, the challenges of the natural and the animal world of, of, of the animals they were watching over. There were no strangers tonight, only coming out at night to look after the sheep because maybe people looked, less, looked, looked down at them or thought less of them. Yet at the same time, They knew how to care, how to go after the lost lamb, how to keep their flocks together and safe from the prey that would try and kill the sheep. The shepherds were the ones that hurried to the manger uh, after the angels had visited them. I love that as soon as Jesus is born, The angels don't go and visit a king or someone in government or someone more like a famous person or with more influence. They visit the shepherds, the lowest it feels like at the time. And it says that the shepherds then go. They're the ones that tell Mary and Joseph what they have heard about the Savior that has been born. The Bible says astonishing everyone who had heard them about what they had said. So if Herod is power and the wise men is desire, then the shepherds need to speak to us today about our own humility, about about our own self. How do we see ourselves before God? How do we see ourselves when we approach Jesus? The shepherds could be like, why are you using me? Why are you using us? We're just lowly shepherds. We're here to tend after our sheep. But God came to them first. They embody the essence of the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, where the meek will inherit the earth, or the ones that hunger and thirst for righteousness. I love their aspect in the Nativity story. It's amazing that God selected the humblest to witness the most significant of births. Where's our humility today when it comes to it? Where's our sense of understanding the greatness of God and the greatness of Jesus compared to ourselves? If God had chosen a king or a religious leader in this scenario, maybe the nativity story would have unfolded completely differently. Maybe it would have gone completely different. But he chose the shepherds setting the tone for Jesus' life in ministry, coming for the lost, coming for the broken, coming for, for, for those who feel uh, on the outside of society. So where does that leave us? Maybe examine our hearts today. Do we feel hurt, low, lost? God cares enough about us, about you, to allow us, allow you into the birthplace of Jesus to come into the stable today. God says over you today, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. When we're lost, when we're hurting, when we don't know what's happening, God is near. Herod, wise men, shepherds. Next, getting into the inner circle, we have Joseph. To me, Joseph is all about courage. All about the courage. Can you imagine? Imagine being Joseph. The tough moments in our life is when something so dreadful occurs that it feels like the entire plan and course for the rest of our life has been completely shattered from us. Our whole ground has gone in front of us. Our life is torn apart. It's a confusing place as we find ourselves on top of everything else that we've got. I wonder if Joseph felt this way when he learned about Mary's pregnancy. Despite reassurances from the angel, he likely needed a massive daily dose of courage. A massive daily courage of courage and strength. Because we know if you look at Nazareth, is not a massive town. It's not big. You know what Richmond's like. Just let that linger a bit. You know what Richmond's like. You know what Nazareth's like. You know the gossip, you know. Have you heard about Joseph? Yeah, he's going engaged to Mary. It's going to be brilliant. Have you also heard? Now what? Mary's pregnant. Okay. Joseph's not the father. What? Can you imagine Joseph every day? He, he is being faithful to his future wife. But he, but he has to have that courage today that goes, I don't understand this but I'm going to have to trust God. I don't understand what's happening in life, but I'm trusting God. I love where it says in Matthew 1, chapter, Matthew 1 verse uh, 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did what God said. He was faithful to what God had promised him in his dream. Joseph's the part of my heart that says, God... I trust you. I don't know the outcome. I don't know what's happening, but I am trusting you. It's accepting God's plan is better than our own, better than what we seem could be the answer. I think mean, Joseph, Joseph has a trade. He's, he's planned a, 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 this new life with Mary and then now throw into this savior of the world. There's got to be trust. I don't know what you're going through in life at the moment, But I beg you to hold on to God. Hold on to God for courage daily. Uh, One of our favorite Bible verses that maybe Sophie doesn't know this, but what we we speak to Finley about or I do on our way to school is when he's a bit nervous about stuff is a, a verse that he has that he knew from Hero Factory. And it's Psalm 56. It says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Finley at the moment is preparing for pantomimes. He's, he's doing phenomenally. He's got eight lines, people, uh, and stuff. It's, it's crazy and stuff, but he is also really scared, as you would be. So every day, when we're in the car, when we're walking, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And if he can get that when he's eight or nine, what's it gonna be like when he gets older? When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust, I shall not be afraid. Joseph is the part of my heart that says, "God, I trust you, and I'm going to do what's right simply because it is right. And I'm going to have the courage every day to trust no matter what. So we've had Herod the wise man and shepherds and Joseph, then the closest as anyone can ever get to Jesus. Mary, just as the band want to come to the stage. Mary, to me, speaks of faithfulness. Mary is faithfulness. Mary is the part of me that sits in peace. She sits in peace knowing that I don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything before God. She's the part of my heart that truly is open and trusts God, knowing that he is good and that whatever he asks for is good. It's courage, it's trust, but it's peace as well. Mary is the part of my heart that knows that God is God and I'm not. And I'm not. There's that daily trust, the faithfulness to no matter what, come close to Jesus every single day and trust. She embodies the part of us that recognizes that our identity is not in who we are, but it's shaped in being the son and daughter of God. In, in, in truly understanding the verse of Proverbs 16, in their hearts, human plans the course but the Lord establishes their steps. Mary is faithful. She was so faithful that God chose her to begin with. But then there was that daily in and out of just, God, I have no idea what's happening, but I'm just going to have peace. I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to enjoy this journey and see what happens. He's a part of our heart that knows God's gift of free will. She's the part of me and my heart that knows that I need to trustfully obey God, even when I can't see the outcome. Even when I can't see what's happening, I just have to trust and kneel at the feet of Jesus. So we've had King Herod, wise men, shepherds, Joseph, Mary, all coming in closer and closer to Jesus. These characters in their variant different ways or depths or ways had encounters with Jesus. Had different encounters with the Savior. Gathered around him in the stable, it poses the biggest challenge for us today is these. Do we dare get to know him as well? How do we respond to Jesus? How do we respond today? Dare we still ourselves enough to sit in peace in the presence of God and in his presence? So where do you find yourself today? That's when I ask. We're all asked the same. Each character had their own choice to make when it came to approaching the stable, the manger. But where do you find yourself today? Herod, power struggle. The wise men searching for adventure, certain questioning, searching for more, knowing there is more to life than this. But what is it? Firstly, it's accepting Jesus. Secondly, it's coming on the Alpha Course. Just throw it out there. Wise men in our humility, do we give God the glory? Joseph, courage, Mary, faithfulness. Where would you say you are from the outside in looking at the manger today? That's my challenge I want to live with you, leave with you today. So when it comes to the manger, where do you find yourself? Is there a power struggle that you need to sort out? Courage. Courage faithfulness humility there is room in the stable for all those seeking him there is room in our hearts for all those seeking him there's room in the stable for us all the important thing is to come to the manger with an open heart I want to pray for some people today so let's just close our eyes just for a couple of moments God, we thank you for this incredible account in the Bible, this incredible true story of the Nativity and all the different crazy things that happened along the way for this group of people to find themselves together in the Nativity, Lord God. And I pray that you will show us now what that means for us. I pray, Lord God, for those needing courage, that will put their trust in you. For the faithfulness of Mary, for that peace to arise in people, for those searching for more, for those needing control or having control issues or those battling between self and you, Lord God, they will know that it's okay to just relinquish that crown and give it to you. And I pray for those searching, searching for more, searching for greater, Lord, but they will find it in you. So just as every eye's closed, I want to give opportunity today, if anyone today says, God, I want to put my trust in you today. I tried to be like Herod and do it my own, but I'm searching like the wise men and humbly I come before you with courage and faithfulness to say, God, I trust you. I trust in Jesus who died for me. If that's you with eyes closed there's only a couple of us in the room looking. If actually you says, God, I want to put my trust in you, then just want to raise your hand so I know who I can pray for. Incredible. Thank you. Anyone else that says, God, today, thank you. Incredible. God, for those hands raised, we pray, Lord God, that that will just be a moment that changes everything. A new life with you, Lord God, a new and you season with you, Lord God, as, as as hands are raised, that you will bless them, and strengthen them, and they will know that you are the savior of the world, and they will spend their life worshiping you, Lord God. Amen. So my challenge for you today, for us all, is this: as we as we go on and we finish and we go into the snow and the Christmas markets, let's not lose sight of the Nativity. Let's not lose sight. You know, this potentially could have just been an entire series in itself. Just kind of like this week, we're looking at the wise men. We're looking at shepherds and stuff. But where do you fall on the outside in? Where do you fall on Herod, wise men, shepherds, Joseph, Mary, Jesus, power, desire, humility, courage, faithfulness? We're going to sing one last time before we finish. And we're going to sing a carol, one of my favorite, just to really cement this moment. And as we do, let's worship God. Let's worship Jesus. Let's allow, we're going to keep the nativity there. Let it be our focal point as we come and we worship again today. So let's stand and let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website influencechurch.co.uk Influence Church empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God